faster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, travel, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. As gas prices tick up, surpassing new historic highs, the White House says drilling of oil in the U.S. isn't needed. A promise from the Federal Reserve Chair to tackle record high inflation under the Biden administration. New Yorkers, by a 92% majority, told a new poll crime is a serious problem. Sparring on Capitol Hill over whether kids need 10 COVID-19 booster shots recommended by the CDC. Elon Musk addresses Twitter employees ahead of his $44 billion takeover of the social media platform. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre shot down calls to increase drilling of oil in the United States Thursday amid record high gas prices. She said the country doesn't need it. Jean-Pierre made the comments in response to questions from Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey. Ducey asked her to explain why President Biden's administration is calling on oil companies to increase productivity at refineries instead of more drilling. Now that consumers' demand has returned, thanks to the president's recovery plan, oil refineries have still not bought refinery capacity back to the pre-pandemic level. So that is the problem, and that is what we're trying to address. 77 WABC owner and operator and United Refining Company CEO John Katsimatidis hit back at the White House on Larry Kudlow's show on Fox Business. We have the oil. Nobody can understand what the heck is going on. And on the flip side, if we don't bring down the price of oil then Jay Powell is forced to raise interest rates. It's either one or the other. I'd rather bring down the price of oil. Jean-Pierre also argued that oil companies cut refinery capacity at the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic and have yet to increase it to pre-pandemic levels. Biden argues that and Russia's invasion of Ukraine is driving up gas prices. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell has pledged to do whatever it takes to curb inflation. It's at a four-decade high. Here's Powell back in May. Our goal is to is to is to get demand, use our tools to get demand and supply back in sync, so that inflation moves down and do so without a slowdown that amounts to a recession. That's our goal, and I, I don't think you'll hear anyone at the Fed say that that's going to be straightforward or easy. It's going to be very challenging. We're going to do our very best to accomplish that. A worse-than-expected inflation report from ag consumer prices at 8.6% from a year earlier prompted the Fed to raise its benchmark interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point Wednesday. Several more hikes are planned. An overwhelming number of registered voters in New York, 92%, told a new Siena College poll that crime is either a very serious or somewhat serious problem in the state. The majority of those polled also favor new state laws restricting semi-automatic rifles and bulletproof vests. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul recently signed into law a package of gun control bills passed by Albany Democrats in the wake of mass shootings in Buffalo, New York and Uvalde, Texas. This is a moment of reckoning for us as New Yorkers and as Americans. So no 18-year-old can walk in on their birthday and walk out with an AR-15. Those days are over. The poll also reveals that large majorities oppose upcoming Supreme Court decisions that will likely strike down Roe v. Wade, along with a century-old state law on carrying concealed weapons. 
51% of those polled said New York State was heading in the wrong direction, while two-thirds, 68%, said the country as a whole is heading in the wrong direction. Well, a showdown yesterday on Capitol Hill between Republican Kentucky Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci, the president's chief medical advisor. Senator Paul hammered Fauci over whether children are going to need 10, 10 COVID-19 booster shots. Fauci said it was absurd to say that children would need to continue getting boosters as long as they produce antibodies, despite a recommendation from the CDC. The 81-year-old Fauci, before being cut off by Paul, said that the CDC's recommendation is not based on studies or data, but based on children's mortality rate from COVID. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not an absurdity. You're already at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Rand Paul there, Fauci testified remotely after being diagnosed with COVID Wednesday. Paul suggested there was absolutely no evidence boosters for kids reduce the risk of hospitalization or death. Both the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 shots for kids as young as six months received clearance from a Food and Drug Administration advisory panel this week. Full FDA approval is expected shortly. Tesla's CEO and the world's richest man, Elon Musk, spoke virtually to 7,500 Twitter staffers for the first time yesterday. Musk detailing plans for the social media platform ahead of his $44 billion pending takeover. Musk talked about things like free speech, layoffs, and his preference for in-person work. The video of his Q&A was leaked on Project Veritas. I think it's essential to have a, a free speech um, and for and to be able to communicate, yeah, just communicate freely if there are mul- multiple opinions. But, you know, and, and just make sure that we're not sort of uh, driving narrative. Musk also addressed plans to take the position of CEO of the company ahead of the planned takeover, as well as his own political stance. Musk also mused about the existence of aliens and other space civilizations during the hours-long talk. He affirmed his stance that the social media company should strive to help civilization and consciousness. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Clearing skies, turning partly sunny today, our highs 85. There is a 30% chance of a shower or thunderstorm late afternoon, winds to 17 miles per hour. Still windy overnight, low 62, mostly sunny day tomorrow. The high 68, winds to 20 miles per hour on Saturday. And right now, 70 degrees, cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. Well, during the January 6th committee hearings yesterday, the spotlight was on former President Donald Trump's efforts to overturn his 2020 election defeat. Testimony yesterday highlighting pressuring of then-Vice President Mike Pence in vulgar private taunts and public entreaties to stop the certification of Joe Biden's victory ahead of the January 6th Capitol riot. Trump's closest advisors testified they viewed his efforts as nuts, crazy, and even likely to incite riots if Pence followed through. Former federal judge J. Michael Luddig. That declaration of Donald Trump as the next president would have plunged America into what 
I believe would have been tantamount to a revolution within a constitutional crisis in America, which in my view would have been the first constitutional crisis since the founding of the republic. Meanwhile, President Donald Trump has issued a 12-page rebuttal to the findings of the January 6th committee investigating the riot. Trump has accused Democrats of seeking to distract from a series of domestic issues facing the country. Trump said in a statement released through his Save America PAC, 17 months after the events of January 6th, Democrats are unable to offer solutions. They are desperate to change the narrative of a failing nation, even without even making mention of the havoc and death caused by the radical left just months earlier. Make uh, absolutely no mistake, Trump said, they control the government. They own this disaster. They are hoping that these hearings will somehow alter their failing prospects. Well, sound to the January 6th riot there. And meanwhile, Capitol Police received alerts from both U.S. Homeland Security and District of Columbia authorities about potential violence at the Capitol more than two weeks before the January 6th riots. A pre-Christmas warning that flagged online chatter about waging a bloody war, concealing guns and burning down the U.S. Supreme Court. This according to internal memos obtained by Just the News. The memos reveal much earlier and persistent red flags about the possibility of an upcoming tragedy. Capitol Police intelligence expert John T. Nugent Jr. wrote an email December 21st, 2020, that right-wing extremists are talking about tunnels below the Capitol complex and the allegiances of USCP officers. Nugent's email was sent to a distribution list of the department's intelligence and intra-agency coordination division. And two days later, another Capitol Police official, Matthew N. Hurtig, sent a series of attachments in an email summarizing recent domestic terrorism threats. Prohibited by congressional Democrats from defending himself, former President Donald Trump Thursday demanded that TV networks airing the January 6th committee hearings give him equal time. He made the demand in a post on his Truth Social platform. Meanwhile, MSNBC Morning Joe hosts Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski poke fun at Trump. They said that the January 6th hearings have higher ratings than Trump's reality TV series, The Apprentice. Those 20 million viewers is in the ballpark with big television events like Sunday Night Football. Oh, my God. Uh, But I want you to compare those 20 million viewers with the biggest ratings Donald Trump garnered for his reality show. The 2014 show of Celebrity Apprentice. The finale. This was the buildup. They had 7.6. Oh, million viewers. Meanwhile, Trump claims the fake news networks are perpetuating lies, falsehoods, and Russia, Russia, Russia type disinformation. Same sick sick people. Here we go again, Trump said, by allowing the low-rated but nevertheless one-sided and slanderous unselect committee hearings to go endlessly and aimlessly on and on and on. Democrats holding the January 6th hearings have refused to let House Republicans put their own members on the committee and have openly talked about the hearings being a vehicle to keep Trump from running again. A new poll finds both Democrats and Republicans believe the U.S. will no longer be a democracy in the future. The findings were reported in a Yahoo News YouGov survey. 
The poll found 55 percent of Democrats and 53 percent of Republicans said it was likely the U.S. will cease to be a democracy in the future. When independents and the non-affiliated were factored in, 49 percent of all respondents felt democracy would end. Only 25 percent here said they felt it was unlikely. Another 25 percent said they were unsure. Vice President Kamala Harris and other administration officials Thursday launched a task force dedicated to fighting online harassment and abuse. And to all the other survivors who are here today, um, you motivate us, you inspire us, and you are the voice of so many people who are in this room because of the voice that you express around these issues. They warned online violence and hate can lead to violence in real life. The task force will address several issues, including prevention of online abuse and services for people who are targeted. It's scheduled to issue recommendations to the federal government and private companies in 180 days. Four European leaders met with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky yesterday, vowing additional support and backing Kiev's eventual entry into the EU. French President Emmanuel Macron promised Ukraine six more truck-mounted artillery guns. He was joined by Germany, Italy, and Romania. Macron doubled down on the message of support, telling reporters... A message of unity we're sending to the Ukrainians, yes, of support, to speak about today, but also the future, because we know the weeks to come will be very difficult. Russia's invasion of Ukraine began February 24th, 77 WABC time to 515. Justin Ellix here with sports. Hello, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. We have a winner on the hardwood as the Golden State Warriors have been crowned your 2022 NBA Finals champions after a 103 to 90 game six win last night over the Celtics in Boston. The Dubs did it behind another stellar 34-point performance from their star, Steph Curry, who was ultimately given this year's NBA Finals MVP award to solidify himself as one of the game's best all-time players for naysayers out there. Here was the call from Boston as the Warriors secured the title. And that'll do it. It's over. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. The fourth title in eight years. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. That call, courtesy of the great Mike Breen, the chip, uh, marks Golden State's fourth in eight years and quite possibly the most fulfilling one yet for the Warriors dynasty. On the diamond last night, it was more winning from our New York City baseball teams. In the Bronx, it was Anthony Rizzo who lifted the Yanks to their seventh straight win with this walk-off dinger in the ninth to break a 1-1 tie for good. The 2-1. That call courtesy of Michael K and the Yes Network. With the win, the Bombers sweep the Tampa Bay Rays right out of town. With the second place, uh, Blue Jays losing, increase their first place lead in the AL East to 10 games. They'll get a closer look at those Jays come tonight at 7 of 7 p.m. as they're set to kick off a three-game weekend set in Toronto. Jordan Montgomery going up against Toronto's Ross Stripling. Out in Queens, Mark Canna and Nick Plummer did the dirty work in route to a comeback Mets win over the Brewers by a score of 5-4. to four. Canna went deep with a two-run homer in the fifth, and Plummer did his job in the ninth with an RBI ground out to bring across the eventual game-winning run in Starling Marte. With the Braves off last night, the Mets tacked on a half, of, half a game uh, to their NL East lead, bringing it to four and a half. 
Also, FIFA selects New York and New Jersey as one of the 16 cities to host the 2026 World Cup games in in, uh, in 2026. So uh, I guess Deb will be seeing some soccer games at MetLife. Yeah, let's go. And you're from Philly too. That was chosen. Yeah, and they uh, yep they chose Lincoln Financial Field out in Philadelphia as well. Oh, so. it'll be awesome, not only for fans but uh, for the local economy. All right, How let's head over. Yeah, your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: clearing skies, turning partly sunny today. Our high 85. A slight chance of showers or a thunderstorm late afternoon. Winds to 17 miles per hour. The overnight low 62. Mostly sunny day Saturday. The high 68. Winds to 20 miles per hour. Right now, 70 cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The trading week is winding down as the market continues to show signs of a fear of a recession. Stocks tumbled Thursday, a day after the Federal Reserve announced it would raise rates by 75 basis points to fight inflation. The Dow Jones was down more than 900 points. With a little recovery at the closing bell, the Dow was down 741 points to end the day. The S&P 500 fell 123 points. The Nasdaq dropped 453 points. U.S. mortgage rates climbed to their highest level in 13 years this week as the Federal Reserve delivered the largest interest rate increase in decades to fight inflation. Mortgage buyer Freddie Mac says the average rate on the 30-year loan this week rose to 5.78% from 5.23%, the latest in a series of rapid increases and the biggest one-week jump since 1987. The rate is well above the 2.93% recorded just a year ago and marks the steepest level since November of 2008. Amazon announced that their Prime Day sales event will be held on July 12th and 13th. Last year's sales spectacular was the biggest two-day sales period for the third-party sellers in the company's history. According to Adobe Analytics, online spending during the event surpassed $11 billion, a 6.1% increase compared to Prime Day of 2020, which was held in October. The teen who turned down a $5,000 offer to stop tracking Elon Musk's private jet said he stopped sharing data on Mark Cuban's travel history on Twitter after the billionaire reached out with privacy concerns. The deal between the teen and the billionaire sheds light on the daily privacy concerns of public figures like Cuban and the lengths they're willing to go to limit their exposure. Last year, Meta paid nearly $27 million for security efforts and private jet travel for the Facebook founder, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm Frank Moreno on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on Monday morning on the other side of midnight. Futures this morning in the green. The Dow is up 261 points at 30,180. S&P's up 36 and three-quarter points. The Nasdaq's risen 128. Gold's up $4.50 an ounce at $1,854.40. Crude oil up $1.08 a barrel at $118.67. The WABC Early News. A warning to New York State's gas stations from the state attorney general, Letitia James, told New York One that gas stations must, must honor New York's seven-month gas tax suspension. In effect, for the last two weeks now, New York lifted 16 cents in gas taxes, part of the state budget uh, agreement, and that was back in April. Despite the gas tax holiday, however, some drivers still feel it's not enough. We were hoping for more. 16 cents is not enough. Too expensive. A lot of money. A lot of money. It helps. Anything helps, but it's not really making a difference. James's office sent a letter this week to the New York Association of Convenience Stores reminding retailers of the gas tax suspension. Consumers can file complaints, though, with the state attorney general's office if they believe retailers are violating the gas tax holiday. 
AAA says gas is two bucks higher per gallon for regular unleaded than a year ago. A horrific death of a 37-year-old subway rider. Authorities say this man died after becoming caught somehow and dragged by a subway train and then hit by another train as he attempted to exit a Q train in Brooklyn. Police initially thought that the victim's clothing became stuck in a door of a subway car. However, at the Midwood train station Thursday, New York City Transit President Richard Davies said the doors had already closed when this rider identified by police as 37-year-old Marcus Bryant of Ocean Avenue, somehow got stuck between the train and the platform. Here's Davey on NBC4 New York. We will take the facts to wherever uh, they lead us and um, address any issues that we find. Bryant was getting off of a northbound Q train at Brooklyn's Avenue M stop at the East 16th Street station when he got trapped. It's still not clear how he ended up on the tracks. He was taken to a hospital in critical condition where he died. A second uh, suspect now in custody after a straight bullet wounded a seven-year-old Brooklyn girl. She wasn't the intended target. And uh, this man was free without bail at the time of the shooting, despite a felony robbery rap. Robert Cooper, who is charged with attempted murder in the March 22nd shooting, now held at Rikers Island Jail in lieu of $25,000 bail. Back in February, a judge allowed Cooper to walk free after he allegedly pummeled a 39-year-old man and stole his food out on Staten Island. The Staten Island District Attorney's Office had asked that Cooper be held on $3,000 bail at that time, according to the New York Post. Enrollment in New York City public schools continues to drop. Millions of dollars in funding is at stake. Enrollment is down nearly 4% from the 2020-2021 school year, and that's a two-year decline following the viral pandemic. Over the past five years, schools Chancellor David Banks says 120,000 students have left the nation's biggest public school system. That's a decline of 8%. Back in April, Banks said that he believed one of the keys to bringing enrollment back up was by bringing back the Gifted and Talented program. We've had 120,000 families that have left our New York City school system in the last five years. Mm. And that's because they said they were not feeling like they were heard or respected. And gifted and talented was right at the top of the list. It's important to a lot of families. Now, it's not everything. And my job is to make sure that we're continuing to provide quality education for everybody. But this is just a piece of the puzzle. And in middle schools in the city's public schools, just over 61,000 students applied down from over 66,000 last year as for high schools. Almost 74,000 students applied, and that is down from almost 78,000. As for 3K, offers, though, are actually up from last year as the program expands. Queens Council member Vicki Palladino has drawn criticism from fellow colleagues after Palladino called drag queen events at city schools degeneracy. She also accused progressives of having no problem with child grooming and sexualization, a series of tweets on Monday. The tweets came in a response to a New York Post article that reported the city had spent over $200,000 on performances by the group Drag Queen Story Hour New York City. The nonprofit puts on fabulous education experiences for children and teens in library, schools, museums, and other community spaces, according to its website. 
Events include storytelling programs and book discussions in English, Spanish, and Cantonese. The City Department of Education defended their partnership with Drag Queen Story Hour NYC, pointing to murders of LGBTQ people as evidence of the need for programming that delegitimizes the LGBTQ existence. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clearing skies, turning partly sunny, our highs 85. We have just a 30% chance of an afternoon shower, thunderstorm late afternoon. Winds today to 17 miles per hour. The overnight low 62. Mostly sunny day Saturday. The high 68. Windy with winds to 20 miles per hour. Right now, 70 degrees. Still cloudy skies here on the Big Apple. FIFA has selected New York and New Jersey as one of the 16 cities that will host World Cup games in the summer of 2026. MetLife Stadium in New Jersey is one of the venues that will host the games. Nearly two dozen cities bid to host the World Cup games when the world's marquee sporting event takes over North America in the summer of 2026. And this big announcement came Yesterday afternoon with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy and New York City Mayor Eric Adams leading a watch party. We are America. We are New York. We are New Jersey. You're darn right we're going to be all right. The World Cup is coming here to New York and New Jersey. Mayor Adams there, the watch party at Liberty State Park, joined by soccer fans, players, and supporters to celebrate the occasion. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.